welcome to episode 49 of Roll, Play, Grow, the podcast for tabletop entrepreneurs, creators, and fans. I am Courtney Stover of Lighthearted Adventures, and in this podcast, we talk to the creators behind the brands in the tabletop roleplay gaming space about who they are and how they are turning their passion for gaming into a career. Today, we get the pleasure of hearing from Emil, one of the hosts of the Double DM podcast, which is a discussion show between two dungeon masters and the occasional guest. This show has been around for just over a year now, about the same amount of time as mine. And it was pretty cool getting to chat with another podcaster about how their show has grown and their processes have evolved over the course of the past year. We talk about the importance of just starting and not waiting for it to be perfect, and that it is okay to ask for help. Emil was a wonderful guest, and he has some great nuggets of wisdom to share. If this is your first time tuning in to Roleplay Grow, hello! This podcast is a part of Lightheart Adventures, which is a small company I co-founded with my husband. We also do blogs, one-shots, and maps that you'll find over on our website, lightheartadventures.com. And next week is episode 50 of Roleplay Grow. I realized that I totally missed doing an anniversary episode back in January, but you know, I was recovering from a rather intense surgery and moving to Seattle, so I'm choosing to forgive myself. And we are treating episode 50 as the fun look back episode I would have done for an anniversary celebration. This means that Brenton will be joining me again for the first time since episode five, but this time he's going to interview me. We'll chat about what the last 14 months of podcasting have been like, and I'm sure we'll also talk about that pet merch store that I keep teasing but never actually launching. It's fine. We'll get there. I promise. I definitely hope you'll tune into that episode next week. So please make sure you are following me on Twitter at KetraRPG or LightheartADV, and be sure to subscribe to Roleplay Grow on your favorite podcast player. I've got some absolutely amazing guests coming up, and you will not want to miss them. Today's affiliate is for my fellow entrepreneurs out there who may be looking to upgrade your email marketing. Flowdesk lets you make gorgeous emails that are completely automated, and I cannot speak highly enough of them. You can see an example of this by going to lightheartadventures.com. If you have pop-ups enabled, within a few seconds, you'll see a sign-up show for a free D&D one-shot, or you'll find other ways to get that sign-up throughout the website if you have pop-ups blocked. That sign-up is powered by Flowdesk, and then it will email you a free one-shot and add you to an automated email workflow that I set up long ago and frankly, need to update. It is very user-friendly to make new gorgeous emails, and it's pretty simple to schedule individual emails or create a workflow that messages your contacts week after week. If you use my affiliate link, you'll get 50% off of your first year. Go to lightheartadventures.com slash our favorite trinkets to learn more about Flowdesk and our other favorite things. Okay, I think I've talked enough for now, so let's go meet Emil. I'm so excited to now introduce you guys to Emil, one of the hosts of the Double DM podcast. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm doing very fine. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to get to chat with you. I'm glad that we were able to make it work out. Now you are just a couple hours ahead of me. <laughs> well, nine hours, but yeah, it's it works out. Just just a few. <laughs> Emil, can you please introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us a little about who you are, where you live, and how you got into gaming. 
I am Emil. I'm 22 years old. I am currently um, working on my bachelor's degree for a university. I live in Germany. I live in Berlin, Germany. And how I got started into TTRPGs is a rather fun story, actually. I think in eighth grade in high school, I one of my friends asked us while we were going on a school trip, hey, do you guys want to play a game? And as eighth graders were, we were obviously like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and he pulled out this weird round dice thing that none of us knew. It was a D20. <laughs> and showed it to us and said, this is what we will be using to play. And everyone was, everyone was like, wait, that's not a dice. A dice <laughs> is six-sided. What? Why is... Huh? And he explained that this is a TTRPG. It wasn't D&D, actually. It was some abridged version of The Dark Eye, which is the biggest German role-playing game you can find, which is also fantasy, but a lot more low low fantasy than D&D. It's just a little bit of magic and way more medieval role-playing. And yeah, he said, hey, let's play this. And he let us create characters on the train where we were going. And then for every night of that five-day school trip, we played for like three or five hours. When we came back, he told his father about the group and his father invited all of us to play in his campaign or in the new campaign that he was starting with his kids. That campaign has been going on for nine years now. We wow. are currently in the last chapter. Just two days ago, we wrapped up the penultimate chapter of that. Oh, it's a long journey. Yeah, I bet there's got to be some mixed feelings about that coming to an end soon. Oh, yeah. We've went through so much. I mean, we started in eighth grade and now I'm graduating university. Everything of that is the span of this campaign. So we grew up with these characters. And our friend that has played the longest has been playing this same character for 14 years. Mm. and it's getting very close to well your characters might die Th that takes a lot of toll when your character is nine years old and, and you've been learning and growing with this character actually right we be kind of using them even as tools to grow up it's a lot of feelings when you hear oh this uh, this character can actually die oh yeah right there's something so have there been no character deaths at any point before? Luckily not. A few very, very close calls, meaning one of us was already in the realm of death. But this game has a few rules that make it just like D&D. As soon as you have a certain level, it's very easy to revive someone. There are potions that can revive someone back to full health even after they have been killed in any gruesome way you can think of. Even when they're reduced to atoms, you can basically revive them at some point. So there's a lot of ways to do it, but it has to happen in the right way. And we've always just cut the corner for that one. But <laughs> our GM has already said that he expects one of us to actually die before the campaign is finished now. The just anticipation and dread that has to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a lot, especially when you're a uh, big bad evil guy or, well, big bad evil woman in this instance. The first elf ever created by the father of six elements, Dragon. Uh, it's a lot of mm. weird history stuff in this game. So just this first elf is our BBEG. And, well, 
in the whole history of the Dark Eye, which is also in its fifth edition and has like 30 years of lore written into its setting, just like the Forgotten Realms in D&D, for example, there was one instance where she was actually part of an adventure that was published. And the only thing that her step block said was she doesn't need to roll. She always succeeds. She's a hmm. god. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. So just realizing I obviously know nothing about what the tabletop scene is like in Germany. So, I mean, you've got this game. I know that you do play Dungeons and Dragons. Like what other games are there that are like specific to German? I would say there are a few, but not much that I know. I, I The German mm -hmm. scene more takes a lot of English games and translates them. There's a lot okay. of Kickstarters here in Germany that translates games. There's obviously the German... There's a German version of D&D, but there are a few. I would say probably the three biggest that I know. I'm not saying that these are the three biggest, but The Dark Eye, which is definitely the biggest. Then there is, which doesn't have an English name, Splittermond, which is kind of translated as Scattermoon, which is also a fantasy game. It's a lot more story-focused than The Dark Eye, which is more mechanic-focused, while Scattermoon is more roleplay focus and then there is contact which i don't know if it's really one of the biggest but it's the one that i played a lot it's also one of the worst systems i've ever played if people are coming over from from my show listening to this they will know that i do not like this system even though it's been i've been playing it for six years it's a system that if you've ever played one the xcom video games that in ttrpg where none of the calculations the computer does for you are have, well, all of the calculations you the computer does will be have you will have to do as the player. So that means if you're wanting to fire a gun, that means wind resistance, cover of the enemy, cover of you. Um, I don't know which bullet are you using, which target zone are you hitting, which and how bright is it in the room you're shooting in and all of these different modifiers and circumstances that play into this one role you have to do. And a lot of different stuff just make the system a clusterfuck of rules that is even worse than Shadowrun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have to ask, if you dislike it so much, why have you been playing it for six years? Because there was nothing else. We started playing this system and we enjoyed just playing together. At that point, I think this was uh, Contact was the first game I ever GM'd, and it was that we just wanted to play something that wasn't fantasy. And because none of us knew good enough how to search for sci-fi tabletop role-playing games, we just took the only one we knew. For four years, that was the only system we knew that even did sci-fi. After that, we, we only realized that there was a bigger English market we now had access to since we were all Germans. We didn't speak English very well at the time. So even buying an English book wasn't an option if we knew it existed. And, and then at some point we were like, okay, no, the system is bad. But then we said, okay, I, I had a plan laid out this many chapters for the campaign. I also don't want to switch systems. I don't want to stop this campaign. I want to play this through. And after that, we were going to play a different system. Now I'm playing D&D with that group. So tell me about the transition then uh, from the Dark Eye and this 
game that you loathe <laughs> to D&D. Well, at some point, obviously, we learned that D&D was a thing. It was kind of maybe always at the back of our minds, but it never was really an option when we played The Dark Eye. And at some point, then one of our friends went, the quick start rules for D&D are free. I want to run an adventure. Who wants? And three hours later, three friends uh, of mine and I sat around the table playing D&D. We played Lost Minds of Fandelva, as everyone kind of does when they start with D&D and know nothing about the system. Yeah, from there on out, I went instantly to the gaming store right after that session and bought the Horde of the Dragon Queen book and said, next week I'm running my first session of this new D&D campaign I'm running. No questions asked. Everyone, please create characters. <laughs> Here you have the PHP. I just bought it as well. And that's how the transition went. I just went ahead and did it instantly. No questions really asked. I just wanted to play this game more because it was so much fun the first session. How long ago was that? I think in November this year, it will be four years that okay. that first session was played. Yeah, nice. that, that, that has to be true. Yeah. We recently, we last year celebrated three years of that campaign. And then, no, 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 wait. Uh, sorry. We didn't celebrate three years because that campaign went on hiatus because of different life circumstances. But it would have been three years. That's right. I guess it's like, wow, all right, it's 2022. So <laughs> it's been about four years for me too since I started really playing D&D. I played other games before and I'd done a couple of one shots or, you know, started a campaign that went two sessions and then the DM went, never mind. And so I guess that's really only been the last four years for me too. It's interesting. It feels like it's been so much longer. <laughs> Can I ask you a question as, as you're the host of this? Sure. Which other systems did you play in those one-shots before? So, sorry, for the one-shots, I did some D&D one-shots, but the game oh, yeah. that I did for more of a campaign before that was a game called Through the Breach. It is based off of a small, like, miniatures game called Malifaux. The company that produces it is Weird, spelled W-Y-R-D. Basically, it started as a miniatures game, kind of like Warhammer, but on a much smaller scale because you can play with an army of like five to ten figures instead of hundreds. And yeah, it was just a setting that I really, really liked. It's based on 1800s Santa Fe America times with like all the Wild West stuff, but it adds in an element of magic and where basically magic has always been around. It is starting to leave the world. Everyone across the world is kind of freaking out that magic is dying and they accidentally open a breach to another world. And at first it seems like everything's going to be cool. They find a, something like a resource that they're able to use to get their magic back. But there are some people that live in that planet that are not exactly happy about the intrusion and they fight back. And uh, one day there's a big old war and the breach just uh, closes with no warning, with a body thrown through and the word hours etched onto it. And they spend the next hundred years trying to figure out how to open the breach again. And then one day it just reopens again on its own and they go back through and looks like there's been signs of recent conflicts, but they still have no idea what happened to all of the people that were there before. But I know it's like Wild West meets 
steampunk meets magic meets horror. It's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed that, especially since you were listing all of these different genres that mash up together. I'm a, I, I'm a person that loves when when someone mashes different things together to create mm -hmm. something I've never seen before, even if it's even if it becomes this weird glob of everything if you're doing it in the setting because for example Shadowrun I love the setting so much but the rules just keep me from playing <laughs> but the setting of we have magic we have cyberpunk we have the matrix we have weird magic matrix we have mm -hmm. this and we have cowboys and now we also have ghosts and <laughs> yes please I, I I love mashing things together and just um having something for everyone I think, yeah, I think having something for everyone is really where I think that something really becomes fun, especially as a TTRPG, because in a movie, I can totally understand that you only want one or three, four genres that you want to see, because in, in just a two hour span, it would probably just break all immersion you have with this movie. But in a TTRPG where you play 100 sessions over years, there's stuff there can be place for all of that stuff. Oh yeah, you definitely need to get some variety in there. And that's what I'm finding I'm really loving about just tabletop games in general is that you can have even the most basic generic inspiration, like I want to do Lord of the Rings or something, and it can just turn into something so different and unique to every player and every DM. Mm -hmm, yeah, right. And one of the biggest uh, things I always say is that people can and should, and uh, you know, that people can and should steal shamelessly from everywhere for their own games. Sure, if you're creating something and wanting money for it, you should make sure that you're not just ripping off someone else. But if you're creating something for your home game, take the plot of the movie you just watched take the plot of the video game you just watched take the setting take characters you don't have to care what anyone else says on the internet that you should or shouldn't do it do what you want for your home game because it's for your own enjoyment after all i made a whole ttrpg system just based off i want to play the video game dishonored in ttrpg form even though it has a ttrpg i want my own <laughs> and then i did it <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> okay, well, I do want to get into your podcast a little bit. So for any of my listeners that are not yet familiar with your show, tell me about the Double DM podcast. What's it about? Double DM podcast is a podcast about two dudes, myself and my co-host Niels, that try to tell you how to run your games without telling you how to run your games. <laughs> I think that's the best description I can give. We try to give every single episode, we give advice, inspiration, insight into running TTRPGs. But we never want to say, this is how you have to do it, otherwise your game will fail or won't work or everyone will hate you or whatever. But, but, but we still think we have a lot of insight we can share with people. And that's what we do in our episodes. So how did you meet him? Uh, I did meet Niels at a birthday party of uh, mutual friends. I met these friends through school and they invited me to their birthday and I went to their birthday and they uh, introduced me to Niels and Niels and I, well, we knew of each other's existence for like four years, but never really spoke outside of these birthdays. 
until we realized the other one was also very much into tabletop role-playing games. And then it was over. (laughs) (laughs) I think that birthday, we realized the other one plays TTRPGs and enjoys them because I was wearing a Critical Role jacket that I still own. And he was like, wait, I know that show. Do you also play TTRPGs? Yes, of course I play. And then we started talking and... I think we did like, we talked about our different campaigns and one shots for three hours straight until (laughs) one of us had to leave. And then we bonded more and more over that. We played a lot of video games together over Discord. And probably one or two years later, the pandemic came around. And it was Christmas 2019. So, right, still the first year of, wait, was Christmas 2020. Time is weird. Where my mother got infected with uh, the virus and we had to quarantine. And like every normal 20-year-old person at that time being in quarantine, I was bored out of my mind. I wanted to do something. And at that time, I had basically daily talks with Niels about our campaigns and what we do and asking for advice. How would you do this? Do you have any advice on this? Can you help me homebrew this creature? And then I was like, hey, Niels, want to do a podcast? Wanna do a podcast? Oh, also Happy New Year, because I asked him on January 1st why ever I did that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wanna do a podcast? And he was like, sure, let's do it. And over the course of, I think, a month or one and a half months, we got everything together and then did a podcast. And since then, we've been releasing weekly episodes. Okay, that's awesome. So obviously, though, it wasn't, you know, snap your fingers and you have a podcast. So talk to me about those first couple of weeks, months, however long it took you of, yeah, sure, let's do a podcast. And then what? (laughs) I am often a very pragmatic person that has a lot of chaotic tendencies. So (laughs) what that means is I make a list of stuff I want to do. Right at the beginning. So, okay, I want to do a podcast. How do I even do a podcast? And then I go researching what one has to do for a podcast. There's the obvious on there. Okay, I have to record. Okay, but what do I need to record? Okay, I need equipment. I need editing software. I need information that I can actually... I need an episode. I I need to create everything for this episode. What do I need to create for a podcast to be distributed to different platforms? I need social media. How do I do social media? And all of that stuff. And I write everything of that down. And then I do all of that stuff, realize that the list is incomplete and don't write anything else down and just wing the rest that is not on the list. (laughs) (laughs) So we were very sure, okay, we, we need to record an episode. We need recording equipment for that. We both had already good enough mics on our gaming headsets that would suffice, at least for the beginnings. So we said, okay, we have that. But kept in mind instantly to upgrade the equipment if we want to do this podcast for more than like just five or six episodes. So then we need recording software. How do we record a podcast? There's a lot of different ways. And our first episodes were recorded in Audacity. I recommend every podcaster to not do Audacity because that program is the hell spawn of programs you can find. (laughs) It it crashes way too often. The sound is not very great and all of that stuff. 
and we went through a lot of different things. We did OBS with screen recordings, and then at some point we found Zencaster through a great friend of ours, uh, Eli from Mayday Roleplay, who recommended us Zencaster, and since then we've been using Zencaster nonstop. And it's a great website, and yeah, so we needed recording software. Then we needed editing software. Well, great, Audacity can also do that. Again, never use Audacity for that, please. Try to find something else. Reaper is great. Use that. But yeah, we, we just had some way to get our foot in the door, basically. Then we looked at, okay, how do we distribute our podcast? We found Anchor, which we are still using today, to distribute our podcast to every podcasting site we have. We made social media accounts, Twitter and Instagram mainly, and been using those to promote episodes, connect with communities, and talk with people. But yeah, we, we set everything of that up basically in the first week. And then we've been like, okay, we need to record an episode. Then we needed, okay, how how do we even, what is our podcast about? And from today's perspective, that talk we had was not great because we didn't know what we were talking about. Because we were like, okay, we want a podcast where we collect our DM musings, where we talk, just our, da our daily talks recorded. I can tell from experience that no one wants to listen to these talks. We, we needed a lot more structure, but we didn't have that in the beginning. But it was at the beginning just, we need to record something. Okay, let's talk about, well, first episode is a new beginning. So our first episode topic was starting with TTRPGs. How did we start? What are our stories? And so, get, so people get to know us. So that was clear. And then... We did a lot of different stuff. Nils, uh, as he's the one who has any artistic talent of, on from us too, which I have none of. I don't draw. I don't uh, do music. I can't do anything of that. And he is good enough, or he's very good, and created logos, banners, art, and everything for the show that we could use. And I think that were all the blocks we made before we started releasing on February 7th, 2021. Yeah, I think those were all the blocks we had. Okay, so it took you about uh, just over four weeks then. Yeah, which arguably is not is less time than you should probably take to create this, to, to actually think this through and make the good thing. But at that point, we really hadn't, we didn't know a podcasting process. We didn't know how podcasters would do stuff and how we would do stuff in fast forward today and how we do stuff today. If I would now start a new podcast today, I would do a lot of stuff way differently just because I didn't know any better back then. And now I know a lot better of stuff I you, you don't have to do or stuff you have to do. But I think that one of the big things for us was we have to do this. We have to put our foot on the door, we have to release an episode. Because if we were to wait six months to actually release our first episode, that sensation, that magic of, hey, we are making the podcast, would have gone away and we would have never done it. So it was really like, we have to do this now. So this hyperfixation doesn't go away before we actually create something. Because after that, we can cling on to that and just say, okay, we can keep creating, keep creating. The hyperfixation never went away, but it might have if we waited too long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think there is a really big difference between wanting to do something and actually doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's 
it's the biggest leap of faith you can do. You can plan all you want. You can wait till it's perfect. But releasing something into the world is something you will always have to do. It will always feel a little scary. It will always feel like maybe you could have, in retrospect, you could always have done something better. But releasing something you're happy with in that moment needs to happen. And if you do it, it almost always feels great. Universally true. I have talked to different people from podcasting, from streaming, from releasing tabletop role-playing games or D&D homebrew or music or whatever. And they all say, you, at some point, you will have to release something. So do it as soon as you think you're happy and ready with what you have, and then do it. You will always have something to criticize later. And then you can, that just means that you've grown as a person. In retrospect, look at your first episodes and think, that isn't perfect. That just means you've grew as a creator, you've grew as a person, and you've become better. You've now know stuff you didn't know before. So that's just experience you've gained. If you never released that first episode, you would have never gained that experience. It's so true. Like It's funny. I actually think about how all the time I'm like, I don't know that I want to go back and listen to my first couple of episodes again. I just... I want to continue believing that they were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel the same. I've never listened to my first episodes ever again after listening to them for the first time when they were released because very soon after I realized they were not great. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm not going to take those down. One of my uh, podcasting friends, a lot of my podcasting friends actually always were like, oh, our first episodes are so bad because... Well, just like us, they just started because they wanted to. They didn't put in the polishing work. You have some podcasts, which I know you know, Reckless Attack, have put in <laughs> into mm -hmm. their show. I will always praise Nathan and, and the whole Reckless Attack crew for what they've done, for showing that people can create such polished works right from the gate, from the get-go, which a lot of people don't do. I mean... Even Critical Role, when you look at it now, the first episode had so many audio issues, so many issues with talking and all of that stuff. They they also started out, oh, they also were figuring stuff out. And <laughs> if Nathan is listen listening to this, your first episode is better polished than Critical Role Campaign 1, Episode 1, period. Mm -hmm. And that means something. But a lot of people didn't put in that polishing work, and that's okay. You don't have to. Because a lot of us just do this because they want to. And putting in that polishing work is a lot of effort. It's a lot of dedication that I knew in the beginning I wouldn't have if I have to put that in before even starting out. I would have never released my first episode if I had to spend six months polishing the product, the project, and the episode. Then I would have never released it just simply that but i always tell a lot of my podcasting friends when they are like oh, our first episodes aren't that great there's a lot of audio issues and there's things i would have cut out and mm, i would have done things differently and i'm like yes that's great please be proud of your project because a lot of people fail at the releasing step and that's always kind of sad to me when people fail at the releasing step so that you've even released something is such a great milestone you should celebrate, even if it's not great by your perspective. I think it's great that you released something. I think it's great that you put your foot on the door and said, hey, I'm here and I'm here to stay. And then you can improve on what you've already have. 
And it doesn't matter where at what step milestone you're at, if you're a polished actual play, if you're just a few friends sitting around the table with a phone in the middle of the room recording and just uploading that to Spotify. Both of these are great starting points. But the one thing you will have to do is always focus on improving forward. And that is true for everyone. I 100% agree. Like there's a saying that I really like that is done is better than perfect. It's just, you gotta, you gotta start and you can't compare yourself to the other shows that are out there. Even if you're comparing yourself to a newer show and like you were saying, like Reckless Attack started off amazingly polished and really well done. And you know what? I know for a fact that they had kind of an advantage because Nathan, I went to college with him and Mm -hmm. like he has kind of a radio background and he's a really good interviewer. And so he already came into this with a lot of the knowledge and background that a lot of us just don't learn until we've been doing this for six months, a year or more. I know it's hard. You're always going to compare yourself, but like you can't, you just, you got to do it. You got to get out there. Yeah, I, I think it's also not bad to compare yourself. The problem if you become fed up with comparing your uh, not with comparing yourself, but if you come fed up with what other people are doing, you you can compare yourself. You can you can be like, okay, this podcast has way better polished audio. Why do they have better mics than us? Do they have better mm-hmm. editing software? And then you can. Most people, especially in this TTRPG space, are very happy to answer questions and help you if you ask them. But you will have to ask them. I, for one, when I switched over to Reaper from Audacity, I just messaged David and Jonathan from Reckless Attack, how do you guys edit? And they were very helpful in helping me figure out how Reaper actually works. Because I didn't know frick about this program. And they were like, hey, cool, we can help you. You will need these three, four pointers. These videos helped us. Do you have any other questions? And I was like, okay, I will look at this. I will work with this. And I started working with it. And I will say our audio quality has improved since starting with Reaper. That is only because I was like, okay, how do they do this? I want that too. Or at least I want something like that too. And then I just asked, hey, can you help me? And a lot of people will help you if you ask them. If uh, I've been asked uh, a couple of times already of how to start a podcast. Because I've been doing this for quite some time now and people were like, okay, you do seem to know what you're doing, which arguably by myself, I do not know what I'm doing. I just do <laughs> stuff. But okay, people ask me and I'm like, okay, cool. Here are the pointers that help me. And here are some tips that I learned along the way. I hope this helps. If you have any other questions, come to me. I will have time for you at some point. I can always, I will always try to help people because I think it's just, part of i think it's just part of the core philosophy of also my project i want to help people run their games i want to help them create the best experiences they can around the table i want them to create the best characters they can i want to help them just be just have a great time playing these games and if someone tells me that our show has helped them that makes all the stuff i went through with the show worth it Hey, entrepreneurs. I love introducing you to new creators every episode, but I could really use your support. I would love to invite you to join our Patreon page where you'll gain access to behind the scenes content, add your questions to upcoming interviews, and you could even receive a shout out on our site and an upcoming episode. 
To learn more, go to lightheartadventures.com slash RPG. And now back to the show. I feel like we've touched on this topic a little bit, but how has your process changed from episode one to now a little over a year of doing the show? So I think the process in theory stayed a lot of the same, but a lot of the blocks have changed completely. I feel like it's still Nils and I meet up for recording. We then put the episode into recording, into editing black box, pull the episode out when it needs to be edited, edit it and upload it and release it to the world and promote on social media. That has stayed through the whole show always the same. But obviously a lot of stuff changed. Stuff changed about how we approach our recordings. At the beginning it was like, okay, yeah, let's talk about new players at the table. Cool, let's do that. Nowadays, it's we have a list of all of the topics we want to do and all the guests we want to have on the show and are like, okay, which of these are we taking for the next episode? Think what we're taking. Say, okay, let's do this. And then we, over the course of at least three days when we were recording, is collect thoughts, any musings we have, any stories we have that relate somewhat to this topic. And then we write... We always call it a script, but it's not a script. It's just some talking points. It's um, bullet points. It's questions that help us guide our show. And that can be, for example, our first questions for the newest episodes is always some kind of philosophizing. For example, the newest episode of the show is player comfort. And we were like, okay, what does comfortable even mean? Because if you don't know what comfortable means, you can't talk about what it means to be comfortable or what it means to make people comfortable around you or in your or at your table. So it was a lot. And then we collect that and then we talk about it before we start recording. We changed a lot about especially mic discipline or discipline in recordings that in the first few episodes we were moving our heads a lot. We were playing around with different fidgeting toys on our tables and yeah, we stopped doing that because it's just way harder to edit if someone moves their head around all the time and the audio is always different. Editors can hear those sort of things and they hate it. <laughs> Everyone who has edited the podcast knows that a guest that moves their head too much or has too much background noises or has too much different other things uh, going on, they are going to be a pain in the ass, but they still do it and make you sound great. So we changed a lot about how we approach it, I think. And in general, I think the biggest thing we changed is how we approach everything we do with this project and product. And that is because we take it a lot more serious now. And I mean everything. I take everything I do with this project and product 100% serious. I take every guest we have on our show serious. I respect them. I respect their time. I make sure they are they have all the information they need uh, about us and about the show i make sure that they have enough say in what becomes part of the episode and which does not because we cut out some stuff sometimes i make sure that they are comfortable recording with us and uh, all of that stuff when someone i try to take twitter and social media and generally connecting with communities very seriously and try to not be someone that people don't respect. I, I try to respect people always. I I'd always try to make sure that people are 
feeling safe and that people are feeling good and are not in situations where I put them in which they are not comfortable in. And yeah, I just approach everything very seriously and respectful because I think that's one of the biggest things that helped me stay in this and create a better product is being serious about it because you won't be able to improve your product much if you think it's just a side thing that you do on the weekends maybe maybe not maybe i release an episode in two weeks maybe not you you need to be serious about it or people know people will know and people will be like if you don't take your product seriously i also won't take it seriously i love that i think it is really important to have the right mindset of, you know, is this something that I'm just doing for fun and I don't really care or is it? No, like I have a goal and, you know, whether that goal is helping people or getting, you know, the word out about a topic, you have some really great points. Oh yeah. I, I also want to say that if you don't want to take your stuff seriously, that's also an option, right? You don't have to take your stuff as serious as I want, but I think if you, especially if you're wanting to make money off of stuff, you need to take the stuff seriously because it's something that might become your uh, that might make you financially stable that might actually pay something for you and if you don't take it seriously it becomes way more unstable it becomes a way more unstable source of income or whatever for you if you don't take it seriously because you never know when some people decide to just not vibe with your stuff anymore because you changed something and also mm -hmm. not to say Hey, on, on on Twitter, I'm I, I post a lot of weird stuff, and and uh, as one as one says, shit post a lot of different things. So it's not like I'm this always serious business person or all of that. <laughs> I, I still crack jokes every now and then, but that's part of the product. That's part of the Double DM podcast that we present everything in a fun and enjoyable way. Behind the scenes, I take everything seriously. I have deadlines. I make sure that I give my guests enough notice that they know what we're talking about, that they have enough information, that my co-host has enough information, that I treat every episode as a full-on episode and not just, well, this episode is my favorite and this episode is not. This episode is just so I can fulfill the timetable. Yeah, then that episode won't be your best episode ever listened to because you're not taking your episode seriously yourself. So... Yeah, I think thinking about your stuff way more as a serious thing you're doing and not just a hobby makes it a lot easier to approach the stuff in general, to become better at stuff. I I feel like if you're taking stuff serious, it's way easier to improve on things if you take it seriously. Mm -hmm. How do you decide on what topics y'all are going to talk about? That is a very fun process in that Niels and I have a Discord server where we put everything we need for our podcast. So that is show notes, that is clips, that is posts on Twitter and all of that stuff. And then we just have a list there, a big post, which is a long list of episode titles or nearly episode titles. For example, if I go into that list now, there's going to be uh, very different things on there that haven't even crossed off. For example, we have an episode on note-taking. So one of our notes in our list is note-taking. And that is then that. And then we decide, okay, what do we want to talk about this week? And then one of us says, I want to talk about this because this is either relevant to myself right now or because I think I have a lot of very good points on this right now or just because we want to. 
And then we take that and then we say, okay, this is this week's recording topic. We will meet when we record. This is what we talk about. And as for what comes onto that list is everything. I never throw away an idea. We never throw away anything. There is some things on that list that probably will never become an episode because they're just not good topics. But I still throw them on there just to make sure that, hey, maybe I can spin something later out of this. And maybe I can make this into, okay, this topic doesn't really fit like it's an episode that we would do. But this adjacent thing, that could be something very fun. And then I can just change the point and then put it in there. And then Nils and I say, okay, we want to record. We can look at the list and select whatever we want to do. We also have a list of, we have a long list of guests we want to record with. Because, well, as a show that is not located in the US, it's a lot harder to schedule with people sometimes. Especially if uh, they're in the PST area, which for this show might have worked. But there were a few episodes where we scheduled with PST people and had to reschedule six, seven times before even this working out. But yeah, and then we were always like, when, when we have a guest, it's going back to, I want my guests to feel comfortable. I make sure that the guest selects the topic. I want them to talk about the thing that they want to talk about because not everyone is the expert on, diff on everything. So letting them decide what they want to talk about and then bringing their hot topics or their ideas and their inspiration to the table is a lot in making sure that my guests provide the best information possible and that the episode with my guest feels as the best episode that I can create with them. That sounds really thoughtful, honestly. Like I appreciate how much <laughs> preparation goes into that. Because I know it can be really hard with the discussion podcast, especially when it's a weekly one of just week after week, like, okay, well, what are we going to talk about this time? But I appreciate the, just the variety of topics that you have already. And I'm excited to keep following that as <laughs> you grow. <laughs> I do want to make sure that we have some time to go over some of my more signature questions, if you will. You have been doing this for about 14 months now. Mm -hmm. It's really been just over that since you decided that you wanted to do it in the first place. So throughout all of this journey that you've been so far, what would you say has been the most challenging part? Scheduling with my own co-host. <laughs> <laughs> my co-host works in retail and has a schedule that is decided every single week. Mm. So it's always like, okay, can we record this Thursday? No, I have to work. Okay, can we do Friday? Yes, but only at this specific point in time. Okay, somewhat works, let's do it. And yeah, that. But no, other thing is probably getting people interested in educational content in a place where there isn't a need for people telling you how to do things. <laughs> <laughs> right, as I said, I, our show is inspiration and insight into running games in a space where no one asks, where, where no one wants to tell you how to run your games. Because TTRPGs are everyone can play however they want. And that's one of the true core tenets I always try to adhere by. Play however you want. If it works for your table, it works. And I can't tell you otherwise. But I can still provide insight into what I think. Some people can do to fix the in quotation marks problems they have 
for example, regarding dungeons or puzzles, which is a very hot topic, apparently, for TTRPGs, because they challenge the player and not the character. And I'm always like, yeah, but if you would make them challenge the character, you wouldn't have a problem. So why do you say that? And yeah, that's one of the things, for example, that we discussed in our puzzle episode. And I think that's still where we, we don't tell people how to run their games. We can't tell you put in puzzles in your games, but we can still tell you that puzzles can, in fact, challenge the characters and not just the players. And how to do that. I think that has been the most or the hardest part, really, in how do I get people to figure out that my show is helpful for them because we have a lot of stuff that that can help them without making it sound like, hey, I know how to run your games better than you do. Because that is something <laughs> I will never say to someone because I don't. I mean, honestly, as someone who is still newer to your show, I feel like you guys have a really good chemistry going. Like it's just every one of the episodes I've listened to, you've just been super friendly and it feels really approachable. And so I have to say, I have not once felt like you were saying this is how you have to play your game like you're doing it wrong <laughs> <laughs> that's very reassuring to hear yeah it definitely feels really just helpful and here's some suggestions and you have some really good discussion going because you don't always agree and i think that's what makes your show super interesting mm, yeah i think with Niels especially we we don't always agree on a lot of stuff uh, there's a lot of stuff we actually don't agree on and and i like i can see your point but no i do it differently and i think especially in those moments it always shows that everyone can run their games differently and 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 still discuss the things and how they do stuff which is why i really enjoy also talking to people on twitter about certain things because especially if we're both on the same page as you run your games and it's fun for you perfect i don't want to change your opinion i just want to state mine then i'm always for down for it because that always uh, leaves me with a lot of insight into that I could maybe consider uh, next time. Uh, There's been a lot of things where I changed my perspective on things after I tried Niels's approach or someone else's approach that we've had on the show or or listened to on Twitter, for example. Well, let us flip that question around. What instead over the last year-ish would you say has been the most rewarding part? Right from the get-go, it was connecting with the TTRPG community. It was connecting with the many creators that I by now call my best friends in the whole world. I can't shout them all out, but Nathan from Reckless Attack, someone we've talked about already, Ellie from Dice Drop Evolution, Eli from Made Roleplay, and a lot of different people that have helped me grow as a person, as a creator, and connecting with these people, getting to know them, and also um, helping them with their problems and their projects has been a lot of fun and the most rewarding part, really. Yeah, I have to agree. It's been really amazing getting to connect with so many different people in the community. So I I hear you on that one. (laughs) I would like to know if you have any upcoming projects or goals or things that you're excited about that we haven't talked about that you are able to talk about. Yes. One very big thing is that for nearly a year now, I have been having this 
thought in my head a year ago it was just a thought and now it's an actual project is double dm was not supposed to just be a discussion show it was always supposed to be more of a production studio even you could say where we produced a lot of different shows and we are currently producing our second show which is called titan's call it's a dnd 5e actual play podcast set in a very dark and grim world where the players are the heroes that are kind of a light in the dark in a world that is on the brink of apocalypse really it's players are in, in the first episode i've talked about this a few times already so i can just say that we'll be witnessing the beginning of the apocalypse and we'll have to try to make sense of everything that happened because there's a lot of different things that happened and the only question they had is why and uh, okay what and how and uh, what hey that has been the feel for my players since we started that that is uh, coming out at some point i don't know when yet because we're still in the recording process of that but yeah uh, we are also producing an actual play we have plans for future actual play shows and more different shows but that's really just written in the stars but for now it's really our actual play show that is coming out especially or definitely this year probably in two or three months at this point that is really exciting i will be looking forward to that yeah i i i am too <laughs> just today i've been messaging a lot with niels who is again the resident artist for double dm so he is mocking up the first promo piece for that right now and with titan's call the name is really showing what the show is about in the first uh, few episodes, uh, because, especially the word Titan, because all of us, when we were playing that, and all of my players and me were on a big Attack on Titan hype when we were like, okay, we want to do this. And that's kind of where we modeled this. So a world that is beautiful, but cruel to its uh, people there's a lot of mysteries involved and then i watched godzilla versus kong and was like okay i want godzilla in this in some way or form okay we have only one titan is godzilla now and niels is mocking up a promo piece that is a very reminiscent of Go of of the movie godzilla of of the movie posters for godzilla for us and i think it's gonna look epic and i've been very excited seeing the sketches he has made already so that has been the fixation and, and happiness of the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. I'm excited for you. <laughs> well, thank you, Emil, for coming on today. If people want to find you, find Double DM, where should they go? Well, first of all, thanks again for having me on this show. Where they can find us is everywhere under the name Double DM, really. If you're wanting to listen to the podcast, just search on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts with Double DM. That's where you'll find all our episodes. We're also in the process of uploading everything to YouTube, if you're preferring that platform. There's not everything yet, but around half of the episodes already. So also, yeah, if you want to check out the podcast, you can do that that way. And if you want to check us on social media, it's always under at double DM part, just at the little POD at the end of the double DM to signify that we are a podcast on social medias. We are very active on Twitter with daily content, daily uh, memes, shit posts and connecting with people, talking about projects and, and discussing TTRPGs in all ways, shape or forms. And yeah, that's about it where people can find us. 
Awesome. I will link to all of those in the show notes. But seriously, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a really fun discussion and I've enjoyed getting to know a bit more about you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a, a pleasure really to be on the show and talk to someone that has interviewed a lot of cool people before and, <laughs> and now becoming part of that roster of, of cool people is, has been very fun. <laughs> I just enjoy getting to talk to cool people like yourself and y'all make my job really easy. <laughs> <laughs> you just finished another episode of Role, Play, Grow. To check out the show notes from today's episode, you can go to lightheartadventures.com slash RPG. To keep up with every episode, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice. And if you're enjoying the show, I would absolutely love if you would leave me a review and share this episode with your friends. Your review might even get featured on an upcoming episode. To follow me on Twitter, you can either find me at lightheartadv for our business account or at KetraRPG for tweets on gaming, my dog Bowser, and other random shenanigans. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Role Play Grow.